Old powers waken, shadows stir. An age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us. An age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And on today's episode of Obsidian Nights Podcast, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire, chapter by chapter. Today, we are going to be covering brand six of A Game of Thrones. And I have a special guest with me today. And my special guest is Jason. Jason, would you like to introduce yourself and let the people know where they can find you? Sure. Thanks for having me. My name is uh, Jason. I go by Jay Snow on social media. Um, you can find me on Twitter at J-S-N-O-W, uh, T-F-L, because Jay Snow's already taken. And I have an ultra small YouTube channel called What's Left News and Analysis with Jay Snow, where I cover politics from a leftist perspective. So follow me there if you're interested in that kind of thing. And uh, today I'm just here to talk about one of my favorite escapes and um, happy to be here. Awesome. I will leave your links in the description below. Cool. Today we're going to be covering brand six of A Game of Thrones and brand six is a juicy one. So there's a lot going on with Rob Stark. Politically, we get like a really good look into Rob Stark and the Northern Army, the Westerosi politics, the Northern Lords. And this will be the last time that we hear from Rob Stark from anyone's POV other than his mother's because Every other time we're going to get here from Rob Stark is going to be from Catelyn's point of view going forward. So also in this chapter, we get some of the major themes of A Song of Ice and Fire. I also think this chapter is really heavy on the foreshadowing. Definitely. I'm getting excited. (laughs) I'm getting excited. Like just hyping the chapter up is making me excited. Right. (laughs) So when the chapter opens up, it says the Karstarks came in on a cold, windy morning bringing 300 horsemen in near 2,000 foot from their castle at the car hold. Steel points of their pikes winked in the pale sunlight as the columns approached. A man went before them, pounding out a slow, deep-throated marching rhythm on a drum that was bigger than he was. Boom, boom, boom. Bran watched them come from a guard turret atop the outer wall, peering through Maester Lewins's bronze fair eye while perched on Hodor's shoulders. So Rob has called his banners and the different houses have been arriving to Winterfell. And finally, the last house has come and it's the Karstarks. So the Karstarks have arrived. Rickard Karstark arrives with his sons and his hosts. Um, Rob is ready to march to war, but it's kind of like, wow, like, is Rob really ready for, like, such a responsibility? Like, he's a child. He's just a a boy. And, like, just a couple chapters ago, he was only fighting with, like, wooden swords. So it's kind of like... Yeah, they wouldn't even let him, uh, yeah, spar with uh, real steel like Joffrey wanted to. Right. And now he's, like, going to war. And I'm just... It kind of gives me the chills, kind of gives me the chills. Like it, it's scary, Definitely. especially when later we'll, we'll talk about um, how it's kind of foreshadowed that the Starks leave and never come home. Yeah, that that's that definitely throughout the whole chapter. And uh, it's just like so ominous, especially uh, from Rickon's perspective, just not understanding and just 
seeing everyone leave and never come back. Yeah. So Bran also talks about like old man saying that the car Starks used to be Starks or had yeah. Stark blood in them. And he's like, they don't look like Starks to me. <laughs> like they don't look like Starks, but basically their house is an offshoot branch of house Stark and the car Starks and the Starks have married for centuries. Yeah. But I, I found that interesting. Like, the way he said they didn't look like Starks, but then the way he describes them with uh, uh, fierce and uh, face covered beards and uh, hair down to the shoulders and cloaks of skins and pelts. Like that sounds to me more of like what I would think of, of a first man or like the old Starks. So it kind of like, I don't know, it makes me wonder like did the Starks change at all. But if you look at the lineage that we know, they didn't really marry outside of the North. So I don't really know if that's anything. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird that he doesn't think they look like him. It, they yeah. look almost as when Bran has that weirwood vision in Bran three of a dance with dragons. Um, when he has that weirwood vision of he, he sees tall men in male fierce and with beards and stuff. And oh, okay. he talks about, he noticed their faces from the crypts. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. They sound just like that. Yeah, that's like, true. It's like kind of like the same description. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it seems like the Car Starks are like the quintessential first men. Maybe. Like, what, what you would think they would be anyways. Maybe the Starks are an offshoot of the Car Starks. And the, his, and the history <laughs> is just wrong because yeah. we have this thing this in this chapter where Bran asks Maester Lewin, how many knights are with the Karstarks or how many knights does Rob yeah. have? And Maester Lewin's like, it doesn't matter because the North worships the old gods and knights are named in the light of the seven. And like, it, it really makes me wonder about the timeline because that Sam quote, he talks about the histories being inaccurate. He's like, because the stories like have knights in them before there were yeah. even knights. So there's knights in the histories before the Andals even came to Westeros, which when the Andals came to Westeros is when they brought their religion with them, which is the faith of the seven. So it doesn't make right. any sense when it comes to the actual timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's supposed to be muddy and messy, but yeah, there's definitely something going on there that we don't know. We're not supposed to. Yeah. We're not. It's, it's one of those things that if we knew it would probably give too right. much away <laughs> that's why i was interested in the, the one um the uh prequel that got canceled because it was set so far back in time that like maybe would give us a a clearer picture but yeah i do think that we're gonna get like more than just house of the dragon yeah like hbo is trying to build like a cinematic universe yeah. in westeros like they paid george like a dump truck full of money to yeah. get like all the rights to Westeros, all the rights to all of his stories. And I feel like that prequel might come after, like it's going to be, we're probably be in the nursing home <laughs> when, it, when it comes. <laughs> but right. I feel like he wants to kind of finish Winds of Winter, maybe Dream and have the White Walker storyline wrapped up in the books before he gives out what the deets are. Yeah, because... Yeah, because I think that is part of the reason why we don't know what's going on, because something about it would make um, what happens later too obvious. Yeah. Um, another interesting part of this chapter is Bran, um, you know, Bran wants to go out 
he wants to go walking around and Rob's like, yeah, I don't have anybody yeah. to guard you. And he talks about Rob wearing the face of the Lord. Uh, like he always talks about, he talked about that, about his dad too, about like he had the Lord's face. Two on face. Now. Yeah. yeah. Like these are two people when they're the Lord, they're completely different. And I, and you see that with Rob in this chapter, like he's one way and, and he, he's like that actually all through the books he's one way when he's with bran or when he's with catelyn yeah then he is in front of his bannerman which is you know he kind of has to be at this point yeah it's like because like we were talking about this is all new to him so he pretty much has to fake it till he makes it yeah doesn't really have a choice and they're not his friends like his, his bannermen aren't his friends and actually like quite a few of them betray him right so and And he he, he, and he's smart like rob to be so young he's actually smart oh yeah definitely um yeah because like up to this point we're like we're told the north um like everyone loves the starks and it's we get like this like this picturesque uh um interpretation of it but it's not really like that i mean yes the starks are well loved and everything but their bannermen aren't like um uh like loyal to the bone uh as we soon find out yeah. and, and like and like you said bran um he wants to go out but rob even though he has he just called all his bannermen he, his castle is full with all his all his people but he's uh, he um he doesn't feel safe enough to let bran out um out of his the main castle so yeah, yeah. he 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 realizes it and he does and and another thing like Bran and poor baby Rickon, like they don't want Rob to leave. Like yeah. they don't want Rob to leave. And like, they know that it's imminent that he's going to be leaving because yeah. Bran, Bran's kind of like, well, like how long before he leaves? Because like, I'm going to miss my brother. Like he, he, yeah. he prays like to, to the old gods, like to protect his brother and stuff. But Maisha Lewin's kind of like, you know, well, they have to leave because yeah. they're going to eat us out of a house and home in here. Like they got to go. <laughs> right. They got to go. Right. Like, and, and I think like at this time, the war has already started. Like the Lannisters are already fighting in the Riverlands right. against the River Lords. And I think Wyman Manderley is sending people, sending um his sons with an army up to moat caitlin so i think like they know that this is that that it's imminent that he's leaving i mean michelle when basically says it like he has to go soon or not at all yeah and like they they even um talk about it later or maybe right after this about him leaving um and if he should go or send somebody else but even if he did send somebody else, um, as soon as Ned, or as soon as they get the news from Ned's death, like he would leave anyways. So it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Even if he didn't send someone now, he would be leaving soon anyways. Yeah. Um, he talks about that. Like that is a big thing. Not even in this chapter, but even the, like in this chapter, but in the following chapter as well, like they should have Rob should have sent somebody else to be the commander of the army and Rob should have stayed at Winterfell. But I'm kind of like, I don't think, I think it was smart for him to be the commander. I mean, look what happened at Winterfell anyway. Right. And then, um, and as soon as when he does split his army in half and gives command to somebody else, look how that turns out. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, Mm, yeah 
Yeah, no, no he, good choices. He was <laughs> he made the best choice he could, but Catelyn yeah. also tells him too. But at the same time, like if you're at, you can't ask these men to go to war for you if you're not going to war yourself. True. Like how True. can you? Like you can't do that. So Bran wants to visit the Godswood. Um, ever since his fall, Bran has spent a lot of time in the Godswoods. Um, he also says he spent spent a lot of time dreaming, yeah, and, and all of that. But it's like, oh, also, I I love how the Starks just like mosey around with their direwolves, yeah. Like so, Bran's <laughs> like on this basket, like getting pulled by Hodor, and then he whistles for summer, and like all the fucking horses flip out, the dogs start barking and stuff. So I love that. I love those scenes. Cause yeah, like that's too. that reminds me of like an awkward kid. Like I was an awkward kid, yeah. So I could just see like <laughs> I could just yeah, because like, they, they were the, and they were just snickering at him too. So it's kind of like a little payback. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he comes running up. Yeah, here you go, mock this, <laughs> and then this big ass fierce direwolf comes out. Like yeah, bitch, what's good? Um, so Bran finds peace in the godswood he's he says like winterfell is a sea of chaos but the godswood always brings him peace and bran like flashes back like he's thinking about like he's praying for rob and theon there's please make it so rob won't go away he prayed softly he moved his hand through the cold water sending ripples across the pool please make him stay or if he has to go bring him home safe and mother and father and the girls and make it make it so rickon understands so not only like could you imagine these kids are so young yeah to be going through so so much traumatic shit yeah it's insane and and then they they like i think i know brand does and i think even john does later they they even think to themselves like uh they should be handling it better uh because they're almost men grown but it's like no you're a child and you're doing awesome like <laughs> when but, it when they say shit like rick on his three he can't yeah. be a boy forever like what right. <laughs> <laughs> what he's three and i mean yeah. he acts just like he acts like a baby but he's going he is a baby it, and he's going yeah, through it, so much shit yeah it's it's the only way he knows how to process it i mean he's lashing out like they say he goes and turns crying and lashing out yeah he's um ever since says ever since he learned rob was riding off to war Rickon had been wild as a winter storm, weeping and angry by turns. He'd refused to eat, cried and screamed for most of the night, even punched old Nan when she tried to sing him to sleep. And the next day he vanished. Rob had sent half the castle searching for him. And when at last they found him down in the crypts, Rickon had slashed at them with a rusted iron sword he'd snatched from a dead king's hand. And Shaggy Dog had come slavering out of the darkness like a green eyed demon. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf oh, yeah. was near as wild as Rickon. Oh yeah, I love that line. It's so descriptive. Yeah, um, and it's it's like, but how do you expect him to act? Like his mother's gone, his father's gone, his sisters are gone. Like he's been, even though he's still in Winterfell, everyone around him is gone, and he his brother, who he's been clinging to, is about is, to leave. Right. And uh, just going back to that little prayer, uh, Brand said, like everything he asked for, uh, he doesn't get. And like the last thing it, it says is make make it so Rickon understands like and he obviously doesn't. 
And so um, I'm not sure how much of a, uh, like, uh, how much we'll get from Rick on the character. Like, he seems more like a plot device. Mm-hmm. But but when he does come back, like, how, what is his mindset going to be? How's he going to feel towards his family, you know? Yeah, because he's so full of rage. Right. And basically, by the time he does come back, he would have been with the Skagosi longer right. than he's been with the Starks. And uh, this, in that one line uh, that you just read, um, where they, where they finally find him, it, like I don't know at this, uh, this might be a little tinfoily, and it may have met, had a better chance of being true with the five-year gap in mind. Mm-hmm. But it says um, everyone was searching, no one could find Rickon. Everyone's searching for him, and then they, when they do find him, it says Rickon. Um, Slashed him with a rusty red iron sword, and he snatched that he snatched from a dead king's hand. So then, uh, since there's, there's so much foreshadowing in here, I was like, okay. And, and since it was so descriptive, I was like, all right, well, maybe that's foreshadowing something. And I was thinking, all right, well, they just found him, so maybe it relates to when Rickon comes back to the story, and then it's and then the um, rusted iron sword could also be a red sword and a dead king's hand. Well there is a uh, a king with a red sword that could be about to die by Winterfell. Stannis. Right. So I, like I said, I don't know. I like but that. Yeah. So maybe the next time we see him will be maybe for the battle to retake Winterfell and maybe Stannis is leading the charge and falls and it looks like they're going to, uh, not going to make it. But then here comes Rickon with uh, Skagosti army and he picks up the sword and leads the way but he might need to be five years older to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. He's, he's wild enough. Like I, I honestly think that Rickon's going to do some crazy work shit. With, yeah. Me too. With um, Shaggy dog. Yeah. I like, honestly, I think Rickon um, has the potential to be the best, like pure warg and yeah. maybe the second best skin changer. And depending I, Shaggy we, Dog see. is definitely a rare wolf. Yeah. He's a, he's a very different wolf. Um, he has more, I would say he's more similar to Ghost than to Summer um, or Lady or Nymeria mm. or Grey Wind. I think is is Shaggy Dog, Dog the one with green eyes? Yeah. He's the okay. one with green eyes. Yeah. It's, and, then, uh, and then Ghost is red and the others I think are all gold. So right. that would... That would that would make them too similar that way too. to have mm-hmm. like the, um, the green seer eyes. Definitely. So I definitely cool. think there's something going on when it comes to Shaggy Dog and Rickon. And I feel like Rickon's wildness comes from him not understanding what's happening. Yes. And also comes from him. Like, like I feel like he's having wolf dreams as well. And he's yeah. not understanding what's happening there either. True. And I talked about this on the Direwolf City Rickon um, wins a winner stream about Rickon. Um, when you're so young and you have these superhuman powers like wargs and green sight and shit like that is yeah. like you don't know how to control it. Like you don't have the brain capacity to understand what's happening, let alone control it. So I think. Yeah a lot of times when we see Rickon as like this wild thornberry type of character, it's <laughs> right. actually like, he just doesn't understand what's happening and he doesn't have the brain capacity control to control what's happening to him. And, and exactly. And I think that's that, um, 
being so young, I think that'll actually could make him go further with it because he doesn't have those natural barriers. Cause like even Bran is still young and he still does some fucked up shit, but he, he realizes it to a point, you know what I mean? And like, he mm-hmm. knows some of the stuff is not right, but Rickon is not going to know that he's just going to do what he can do, you know? Right. Cause he has no understanding at all <laughs> of what's going right. on. So yeah. He's yeah. Just a wild, wild man. Wild boy. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, who's your favorite great lord of uh, uh, well uh, or lo- northern lord? Who's your favorite northern oh, lord? Um I think well Manderly is definitely very interesting. Oh god, I um, love him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I need to know more of what his actual plan is, but I definitely yeah, I definitely definitely like him. When he says uh, that fray Oh, just in, he would have just grown up to be a fray. I was like, <laughs> boys, oh my God. Right? <laughs> exactly. But I asked you that because I really like the great John. I really oh, like, yeah. I really like House Umber. I really like the great John. And this is like our <laughs> real introduction to the great John, but not yeah. only like the great John, but like Rob being as stone-faced and cool as a cucumber so basically like all these lords are coming to rob and they're demanding like things from him like put me in front of yeah testing him put me in front of this one give me the command no give me the command um and i feel like it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> fucked up that they're testing him like this, but he excels at it. So yeah. like the whole the whole interchanging conversation between the great John and Rob to me like just shows he knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. And he, all all the, all the different lords like they're all, they all use different tactics on him too. So he has to be like versatile in his reactions. Yeah, because one, what is it, Serwin? Serwin, um, Lord Serwin brings, just brings his daughter. The with daughter, him. yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to get his daughter married, and he's like, "I'm right. just bringing her to cook with me." And Rob's like, "If Dion's <laughs> telling Rob, like, she's gonna be in your bed." <laughs> yeah, he was right about that, probably. <laughs> so, um, the fight uh, between. Oh, go ahead. I was just say right before we get to the fight. Um, the uh, one of the testings is. Uh, I forget who, who oh, the Hor- uh, Lord Hornwood brings it up about hunting uh, rights north of the uh, the ridge and um, and talks about uh, dam on the white knife. And uh, it just it just shows that there was conflict and, and problems brewing uh, there already between the Boltons and the Hornwoods and the Mander. Yeah, it, that is interesting that there's like some we know about the Grand Northern Conspiracy. But yeah. there was already some shit going on. There was already some yeah. shit going on between the Starks and the Boltons, like in the yeah. histories, but not right. recently. But it's funny because Rob, being a 15-year-old boy, gets thrown these things, like like you're saying, mm-hmm. about, about them wanting land and the, like wanting these things. And Rob just is like, you know, a brand says, Rob answered each of them with cool courtesy much as father might have. And somehow he bent them to his will. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob's like, he's not stupid. No. But they they get the 
to this fight with the um, Lord Umber. Yeah. It says, when Lord Umber, who was called the Great John by his men and stood as tall as Hodor and twice as wide, threatened to take his forces home if he was placed behind the Hornwoods or the Serwins in the order of the march, Rob told him he was welcome to do so. And when we are done with the Lannisters, he promised, scratching Grey Wind behind the ear, we will march back north, root you out of your keep, and hang you for an oathbreaker. And then, like, the great John kind of flips out and, like, <laughs> he fucks up Mullen. And then it says, yet Rob only said a quiet word. And in a snarl, in the blink of an eye, Lord Umber was on his back, his sword spinning on the floor three feet away and his hand dripping blood where Grey Wind had bitten off two fingers. My Lord Father taught me that it was death to bear steel against your liege lord, Rob said. But doubtless, you only meant to cut my meat. <laughs> like Brand says, Brand's bowels went to water. <laughs> like Brand's yeah. about to piss himself, but yeah, then, like, but Rob and Rob admits like later that he's very right. scared. Yeah, like yeah, he was too, but he was able to keep his composure. <laughs> yeah, he and and um, Rob is just like able to like wear that face of the Lord. Yeah, and, this the Lord's face. But the conversations between Bran and Rob at night are like some of my favorite because that's when Rob Definitely. is the most vulnerable. I was going to say, like, this is one of my favorite, like, uh, portions with involving Rob, like, period. This is um, his talk with Bran where he's just talks to him as a brother and like not as, not as the Lord. Yeah. And he like opens up to him, you know. And, and and like confesses his fears like yeah like yeah. I, I was scared he was gonna kill me i thought he was gonna kill me <laughs> like yeah. did, did you see the way he threw down Hal? <laughs> and, and then he also talks about Roose bolton yeah. and this is so like this shows like rob's yeah. genius right here he's like gods i was scared and the great john's not the worst of them only the loudest lord Roos never says a word he only looks at me and all I can think of is that room they have in the Dread Fort where the Boltons hang the skins of their enemies. Yeah, that's and he, in the very next there. Yeah, in the very next chapter, like he kind of tells his mom to, or in the Catelyn chapter, the next chapter we see Robin where he's at Mo Caitlin. He tells his mom, like, bro is scary. <laughs> he's talking <laughs> about Bruce Bolton. And it's like, I swear, the vibes are never off. That's one thing, like when I meet somebody. Yeah, I feel like I pick up on their vibe right away, and I yeah. feel like if I had met Bruce Bolton, I would have vibe checked him at the door. Like, get the fuck away from me. Kind kind of makes you wonder why he did pick him to lead his army, the second half of his army when he split it. Yeah, maybe because he wanted him away from him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah, <laughs> can't blame him there. <laughs> get the fuck away from me. <laughs> But that, that, this part's actually like the second um, piece of foreshadowing with uh, of a possible boot, uh, Bolton um, uh, a betrayal. Because uh, earlier on, uh, they talk about one of the Bolton's men stabs a Serwin men in um, outside in the Winter Town, outside of mm -hmm. Winterfell, and uh, that parallels when Theon loses the castle, loses Winterfell to uh, Ramsay, Ramsay. Uh, is forced to take on uh, what's his name, Ro Sir Roderick and uh, Clay Serwin, and there's a bunch of Serwin men there, and mm -hmm. they got. I think they, I think they do stab the uh, Serwin boy who's, yeah. who's there. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, 
another interesting part about this is the rumor mill of Westeros <laughs> is so crazy. Um, like they keep getting like story, like different stories. It says right. King, King Robert With was little dead. Little bits of truth. Yeah. King Robert was dead at father's hands. The Baratheons had laid siege to King's Landing. Lord Eddard had fled south with the king's wicked brother, Renly. Arya and Sansa had been murdered by the Hound. Mother had killed Tyrion the Imp and hung his body from the walls of River Run. Uh, like, it's just different. Like, they even have, like, one person that says Rhaegar Targaryen had returned from the dead and he was yeah. had, he had a host at Dragonstone. <laughs> so, like, but then they get the letter from Sansa. Oh, Sansa. Yeah, they get the letter from Sansa and like it makes Rob so angry just just thinking yeah. about it. Um, Rob was like, damn her, what's wrong with the girl? And this is one of my favorite parts of this chapter. Bran felt all cold inside. She lost her wolf, he said, weakly, remembering the day when four of his father's guardsmen had returned from the south with ladies' bones. Summer and Raywen and Shaggy Dog had begun to howl before they crossed the drawbridge, in voices drawn and desolate. Beneath the shadow of the first keep was an ancient lichard, its headstone spotted with pale lichen, where the old kings of winter had laid their faithful servants. It was there they buried Lady while her brothers stalked between the graves like restless shadows. She had gone south, and only her bones had returned. I think this is major foreshadowing that Sansa's going to die. Oh, wow. She had gone south, and her bones had only returned. Like So I have this theory that I've had ever since the beginning of my channel, that the Starks mirror their direwolves, their yeah, lives yeah. and deaths follow their direwolves. Um, I feel that... If it if it doesn't mean she's gonna die, it means she's never coming back to Winterfell. But I feel like it is foreshadowed that Sansa will die in the place of Arya, like Nymeria, like Lady died in the place of. Oh, Nymeria. okay. Um, like yeah, I, I kind of like it. I won't go into like the whole theory because <laughs> there's tons of foreshadowing on. I just need to do like a whole video on I, that. I was just gonna say, did have you done? You haven't done one yet. I think I did one brushing, like just brushing over it on yeah. all when I did the one on all the direwolves called Direwolves in the Snow, like a couple years ago. Okay, yeah, I seen that one. But um, I haven't done one with like all the book foreshadowing because in that one I use the show foreshadowing like. Okay. okay, so Rob, so so far the only direwolves dead in the books are Lady and then Rob, um, Greywind. But yeah. Greywind's death is the exact kind of death that Rob as has. Rob's, yeah, like to a T, to a T. And in the show, Rickon, when when Shaggy Dog dies, Rickon dies. When Summer yeah. dies, Bran doesn't die, but he comes back as like this person that says he's not Bran anymore. And there's like this sure, like there's no shred of Bran in this person. Right. So I actually, it, in the books, I don't think Summer's going to die. Uh, just about, I was just thinking when you said that mirroring the uh, Dire Wolves and the Star Kids, like there's, uh, I don't know if I believe it, but uh, the, a theory that Ghost uh, is actually dead. That's part of the reason why he's so silent. And if that is true, then that would mirror John because he dies and comes back. But ghosts cannot die. I will fight. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying if that theory is true, he's already dead, but he's just a reanimated well, whatever. Well, I think all of the direwolves are 
creatures that are living their second lives in the direwolves. Oh, okay. Because the direwolves have red eyes. Well, Ghost has red eyes. Shaggy yeah. Dog has green eyes. And then um, the other four have yellow eyes. And there's this quote by Blood Raven is like, the way the children were marked was the, the children had eyes as yellow as the golden sun. But every once in a while, like a great one among them was born with green or red eyes. And that so was the mark of a green seer. You think they're all children of the forest or yeah. green seers? Okay. Yeah, I think they're I all children that. of the forest, like that have either skin changed into the wolves permanently or living a second life in the wolves. That could actually work as uh, going on with another branch chapter um, when he's in Blood Raven's cave. One of the things that has always perplexed me uh, when he sees the other green seers who open their eyes, mm -hmm. uh, what the hell are they doing? Like, I thought, right. Could, I mean, they, uh, they could be uh, operating the others. But if you're if this theory is correct, then they could they could be the, the dire wolves. Yes. Which would make, make shit a whole lot more interesting. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, but to go further on to what Bran was saying, he he talks about like the people that have went south and never came back. Yeah. Um, he he talks about um his grandfather, um Brandon Stark, um he Liana went south, and he's like, and now father had gone south with Arya and Sansa and Jory and Hullen and Fat Tom and the rest, and we know that Fat Tom and Jory and Hullen yeah. are all dead. Arya's on the run. Ned's going to die. So it's kind of like, uh, and he's like, they've all gone and they hadn't come back. And now Rob meant to go. And we know Rob's not going to come back. So it's either that like some curse is going to be broken about the Starks going South and not coming back or Sansa's going to bite it. And I know a lot of people think like, I just hate Sansa. So I'm just like, <laughs> thinking of ways for Sansa to die. And that that's not the case. That's not, yeah. the, I, I actually do like book Sansa. It's just that show bitch. I can't stand. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. And like, uh, I can't stand yeah Sansa in the beginning of the books, but like, right. towards the, yeah, but she grows. And by the end, like the, uh, the sample chapter, I like, I like that chapter. The Elaine. Yes. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, so like I'm the yeah I don't like hate her, but yeah I, I hate some shit she did, but <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah. So Bran is like, if Rob has to go, watch over him, and then he like you know is in there with the old gods, and Osha comes in. Yeah, and <laughs> I love Osha as a character. Me I think too. she yeah, does a lot for Bran as a um, like g giving him a little bit more character depth. I feel like she's yeah. a, a mentor to Bran. Definitely. So, um, like, Bran is going to have many mentors, like, throughout his journey. But one of his first mentors is Maester Lewin. And yeah. Maester Lewin is, like, old and grounded. He's very logical thinking, very realistic, very... There is no magic, and the stories are just stories. Like, he's a maester, yeah. and he means well. Ways. Yeah, yeah, it, he does. He, yeah, but everything he says to Bran is it like it gets contradicted as the story goes on by Bran's other mentors, yeah. Osha, Jojen, Blood Raven. And I think like this is a subtle hint that the Maesters like really know fuck all when it comes to like magic and the possibilities of the world that they live in. With yeah. that said, Osha brings up the real threat. And right. that's one of the major themes of this story is 
the Northern Lords not getting the bigger picture. Not yeah. like not the Northern Lords, but just all the great but, lords of Westeros. Everybody in Westeros fighting each other, killing each other. When worried about the, the wrong things. Yeah. yeah, worried about the wrong thing. OSHA says it like he's he's marching the wrong way. Rob's marching the wrong way. Definitely. And Bran never gets to tell him that because Maisha the Wind's like, don't fucking bother him with that. Like he's got enough shit going on. Yeah, and leave it, him alone with that. It, yeah. And at this point, like we were talking about earlier, he doesn't really have much of a choice. He's just kind of swept up in a momentum of everything else. But yeah, he's definitely, if if they only knew. Yeah. And um, Osha kind of tells them, you know, like about the old gods and like north of the wall, the old gods are the only gods that exist. And they're her gods too. And she was like, they're talking to you. Don't you hear them? And he's like, it's the wind. He was like, who sends the wind if not the gods? And like Brand says... Like he tries to listen and he feels like he can hear sadness. And like earlier, like we we're talking about, he's been dreaming a lot. Like I'm wondering, I mean, I'm sure uh, he's been laying around so he doesn't have much else to do, but is it blood Raven or whoever reaching out to him and sending him dreams and trying to talk to him and, mm-hmm. and drawing him towards the God's woods and all that? Yeah. I mean, it could be that. I I, th- I think that it's probably like it's likely that, but I also think I think it's a mix between wanting to be in the peace and quiet of yeah. the Godswood because he's been through such a traumatic experience, and also like he doesn't want people pointing at him and mocking him, and like just looking right. at him. I feel like he he likes the alone isolation of the Godswood. Yeah, I agree. And especially now that the, the uh, castle's full of strangers. So it's probably even, he, yeah, even if Bloodraven wasn't messing with them or whoever, he um, he probably would still be hanging out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but one, one thing I wanted to say, like, uh, where Osha says, beyond the wall, they are the only gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like when, you, when you hear the old gods, what do you think of? Uh, the weirwood trees. Okay, because like there's the weirwood trees, so like that would be like the green seers and like the hive mind, like. Mm-hmm. But then you also have uh, Ned's nameless gods of like the stone and forest and stream, which seem to be separate. But I guess they don't necessarily. But then there's definitely there's uh, it seems definitely to be different is the Craster's gods and who are probably the others. Yeah. So it's just seems it just seems weird because like. It doesn't seem that's that concrete of who they are, but she says they are the only gods. Well, we know so. they're we know that they're not the only gods because the world yeah. of ice and fire tells us about like a, a crab god north of the wall and like a god that lives underground north of the wall. Like there's different gods. And also like when you actually think about the gods of the forest and stream and stone and all that like all of it is the children of the forest they're the children of the forest are basically manipulating through the trees so if you have a green seer in the tree and you're praying to the tree and you ask the green seer to do something and the green seer does it 
Okay. I, yeah, I think it's more sense. intricate. It's more intricate than that, but it seems like a little trickery on the part of the children of the forest. Because if we believe the children of the forest are the ones that created the White Walkers, then the children of the forest are the ones that created the cold gods that Craster worships. Right. Okay. So, so yeah. So they are all kind of related. If 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 they're not exactly the same, they are pretty much the same. Yeah, I, I feel like it's all one. It's it's all one power source that okay. these people are using, and I don't know. I do know that the the children of the forest have told Bran. I think Leaf told Bran like that their ancestors live in the trees for like yeah thousand like once they die they go into the tree yeah and, and they live there like they're in it their spirit never dies um but basically osha is trying to give some knowledge to rob and or to brand to tell rob and brand's right. like not listening and they talk about like giants and all of those things but she also says like you know the cold winds are rising and men go out from their fires and never come back or if they do they're not men no more but only whites with blue eyes and cold black hands and i feel like like the chapter directly before this right yeah was, i just listened to, to the last episode <laughs> yeah that was the john chapter where he's yeah. like um the whites came back and then so Bran doesn't have privilege to that information, but Bran knows about the guy that his father has killed. Right. And Bran believes her. Bran yeah. believes her. And and I'm kind of like, I know Lewin is set in his ways and all that, but I, like it's just still kind of surprises me that he just poo-poos it so like uh quickly, considering that like she's not the first one to bring this up. Like it's been coming up and then she was, wasn't just fleeing South with other wildlings. She was with other Knights uh, brothers of the Knights watch, but still it doesn't ring any alarm bar, um, alarm bells for them. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Maester Lewin is just like so old and set in his ways and cynical. Yeah. And like, he doesn't have the ability to believe in those things anymore if he ever had it. And I feel like when you're, when you are at the Citadel, when you tra train at the Citadel, I feel like the only maesters, like the maesters that do believe in that kind of shit would be Marwin or um, Kyburn. Kyburn. Yeah. And they're like, they're basically considered wizards. Yeah, yeah. Wizards and, and fools and shit like that. Yeah. But um, so that night, Bran like goes to talk to Rob, but Rob is having dinner with like his, the Lord's, privately in his soul in his solar so bran has to like um host them host the other people in the great hall and one of them called bran uh, uh yeah, broken yeah broken broken inside as well as out too craven to take his own life broken bran thought bitterly as he clutched his knife is that what he was now bran the broken I don't want to be broken, he whispered fiercely to Maester Lewin, who'd been seated to his right. I want to be a knight. And then Maester Lewin's always trying to be like, well, 
and you could be a maester. There are knights of the mind, and I, I yeah. can like <laughs> feel like feel like <laughs> Bran is kind of. If I was Bran, I'd have been burning up if he said that shit. Like, <laughs> did you hear the fuck I said? I don't want to be no fucking master book reader. I want to be a knight. Um, but Bran says, I want to learn magic. The crow promised me that I would fly. And Maeshelwyn, like, sighs at that. Like, I could teach you this. I could teach you that. Healing. Herb lore. Um, but he's going to have to go to a, a different master to learn those. Right. And that's where he's going to go. Yeah. And he says it like, the children could. <laughs> the children of the forest. And then he, like, that makes him think of Osha. And he, and he, Bran tells uh, Lewin what Osha said, and he was like, the wildling woman could give old Nan lessons in telling tales. <laughs> like, Maisha Lewin is, is not for it. No. At all. So, two days later, Rob is about to leave. It says, um, two days later, as a red dawn broke across the windswept sky, Bran found himself in the yard beneath the gatehouse, strapped atop Dancer, as he said his farewells to his brother. You are the Lord of Winterfell now, Rob told him. He was mounted on a shaggy gray stallion. His shield hung from the horse's side, wood band with iron, white, and gray, and on it, the snarling face of the direwolf. His brother wore gray chain mail over bleached leathers, sword and dagger at his waist, a fur-trimmed cloak across his shoulders. You must take my place as I took father's until we come home. And it's so sad because yeah. Rickon won't come. Rickon like freaks out. And Rob says like, you can't be a baby forever. He's almost yeah. four. Like, <laughs> bro, like seriously. And But the saddest part of this chapter is when Brand says like when Rob's leaving with this whole host behind him like that's Brand's dream that's what Brand yeah. like Brand wants to be a knight riding off to war like that's his dream and now like all his dreams are shattered literally when his legs got shattered and he says they would never cheer for him that way he realized with a dull ache. He might be the Lord of Winterfell while his brother and father were gone, but he was still Bran the Broken. He could not even get off his own horse except to fall. And then he says, when the distant cheers had faded to silence and the yard was empty at last, Winterfell seemed deserted and dead. Bran mm. looked around at the faces of those who remained, women and children and old men and Hodor. The huge stable boy had a lost and frightened look to his face. Hodor, he said sadly. Hodor, Bran agreed, wondering what it meant. And yeah. that's how the chapter ends. And if that ain't some uh, foreshadowing, I don't know what is. First of all, I think the 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 show, Bran the Broken title, is actually what Bran is going to be called. Yeah, I think so too. Especially in this chapter, it's foreshadowed pretty heavily. And yeah. um, and just overall, like this, especially this last part, but the whole chapter, like. Brand, Brand is realizing a lot of harsh truths. Yes, and like he's being forced to come to terms with them. Yeah, and, and it's a lot. Like, keep in mind, he's yeah. only what six, seven. Yeah, I think seven, maybe eight, but yeah, not not more than that. Like, he's just a little kid, and like, not only has his life changed as far as like his parents being gone, his brother going to war. Like, he, he can't even walk anymore. So, yeah, he's he's. Like it's traumatic. It, yeah, it's a lot to process for anyone, let alone a child. 
Yeah. Yeah. But that is brand six. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, no, I think that's good. Yeah. I think we covered it pretty good. It's a lot of politics, lots of foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, lots of setup. Yeah. Lots of setup. I feel like it, the big focus is on the politics, like the Lord's yeah. all getting together and testing Rob and Rob getting ready to go to war and see if he's cut out for it. We're going to yep. see if Ned did a good job raising him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he did but like like we were saying every he's making the best choices he can but it's just he doesn't there's just no real good choices right but he's 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 he is learning he's growing yeah i mean i just keep thinking like he's a 15 or me at 15 yeah i would right? have been <laughs> i would i would have <laughs> fucked that army right into the ground <laughs> like it wouldn't have been uh, we would have had no wins yeah i don't even know what i would have done <laughs> i personally would have put somebody else in charge yeah or at least like relied on someone like have someone like there by me like, i'd have put know, sir roderick sir roderick in charge yeah, yeah like, i'm not ready choice. to go to war <laughs> yeah but i want to thank you for coming on and i want to thank everyone for listening and i will see you guys next week <laughs>